Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. An interesting day in the markets. A lot of green on the screen when you looked at the livestock and even the grains as well. Though we did see a bit of a struggle in the wheat complex and the soybean meal, but still, for the most part, a positive Thursday type of trade. We're going to take a look at what's going on with these grains as they move higher. We know we've got that October report coming up, and there is some of those early report estimates that are popping up here and there. China has been on holiday and inflationary talk. Is that really playing in, or has it started to play in on the grains? We'll take a look at that. Some livestock as well as Darren Fry joins us. He is with Water Street Solutions. So let's start looking. For the most part, we had some higher grains today. Are we looking and getting prepped up for this October report? Yeah, I really think uh, we are. And by the way, thanks for having me on. Uh, Again, I always enjoy being on your program and uh, look forward to it. But yeah, I think we're getting ready for this uh, report here next week. But also, you know, they did approve. Congress came in and approved the raising the debt ceiling. And, you know, we had energies. There's kind of a macro letdown here overnight with energies being two bucks, 250 lower a barrel on crude and kind of worked its way back to being a dollar lower. But when that news hit the market, you know, we reversed and crude's actually up a buck here to finish the day. And so a big reversal off the lows and, you know, equities kind of got their stuff together here yesterday and came off the lows and we've had a couple good days here. And so I think some of this was supported by just uh, a risk on trade, but also some squaring up ahead of the October 12th crop report that's coming. There has been a few estimates that have started to, to peak out here and there. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking when this report comes out? Well, there's no question the beans have gotten larger. I've had to up my bean yield. I was uh, way lower than anybody, but I'm at 50.2 now. But the trade is, the average trade guess is 51. Uh, if you go out to the west, northwest, or northern midwest, uh, they did have some late rains there in late August, early September, and it really did make those beans larger size. People refer to them like marbles versus BBs, and that's where some of the yield's coming from because really a lot of those areas didn't have much rain at all until that last bit of August. And, you know, a lot of people are pulling 45 to 70 bushel beans when they thought they might be pulling 15, 20 bushel beans up to 50. And so, they are better. Uh, out east, I would say they're they're good and bad. They're highly variable. But I think there's enough good yield reports. The guy's got to raise that. So, hey, are we 50? Are we 51? Are we 52? Time will tell. But I think the trade is getting comfortable with 51. Corn, I think, Susan, is just the opposite. Um, they, yeah, there's some good yields out here. There's some record yields. Southern Illinois is one of those places where it's unbelievable. There's places around, you know, uh, west central Indiana that way. But if you look at the east as a whole, we had a lot of disease come in and, uh, hey, yields are off. They're off 5, 10, 15% uh, from what we expected and definitely off of even last year's yield. And, you know, like Illinois averaged 192 last year and the USDA still has us at 214. And I just don't see that happening. Just too much variation out east. So I'm kind of thinking corn is going to come down and the trade is kind of dialed that in there down a little bit off of last uh, month's report and i think we got more uh, downgrades to go in corn myself so you look at china's been very quiet once again they've been on holiday they come off of holiday tonight so having said that could we possibly see them starting to look at some grain purchases as early as tomorrow you know i i don't know if we'll see any flash sales tomorrow but you're right i mean they've been off for a week their golden holiday here 
They will open up tonight. I think it's like 8 o'clock or 8.30 Central Standard Time. They'll start trading again. We'll see what they want to do. You know, Malaysian palm oil uh, has moved way up since they've been gone on holiday. We've gone up a little bit in wheat values, a little bit in corn values. Soybeans trying to make a bottom. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But I would think uh, they're going to be hungry to get some stuff bought here. We know that um, a lot of their crushing plants have gone dark here with some of the electrical uh, you know, constraints and demand issues they've had with not having enough coal. Coal has skyrocketed in price and natural gas in Europe's high. And so we've seen some of these energy crunches. So, you know, meal and oil's gotten elevated over there. And I would imagine we're going to see them in for some purchases. But what I'd really like to see them do is purchase some corn as well. And I don't know if they'll be ready to do that quite yet, but I would expect they come, you know, at the bean market pretty hard, especially starting next week. What is the balance sheets looking like when you look around the globe? Well, you know, they're still tight. I mean, the beans got loosened up quite a bit with the revisions in the stocks report here a week ago. And so it doesn't make it near as tight on the beans. And that's moved them from the number one spot to the number four spot. But man, wheat, it continues to tighten up. Uh, Russia's had, you know, 12, 13 weeks in a row with higher wheat prices. So if you see the exporter stocks to use ratio, that's getting very, very tight and more downgrades there. And I think the corn balance sheet's getting tight. And we're starting to see domestic bases starting to creep up as we've seen not only good ethanol margins, but now as our golf comes back online uh, and now we're competing for not only domestic, for grind, for ethanol, but now export business, we're seeing bases take some jumps. So I would say that with a stronger basis now across the country than we had a year ago, I would say we're going to see some nice things in, in the corn side of uh, the balance sheet, and we'll continue to tighten that up. I'm not a 1.4 carry out. I'm more in that 1.1 to 1.2 when it's all said and done. But we'll see what the government says here next week. Before we head to break, I want to talk real quick about South America. What are you hearing when it comes to their weather concerns? Well, there's not a lot of concern for Brazil, I don't think, but southern part, I mean, if you get into Mato Grosso, the northern part of Mato Grosso, the Sol, uh, Minas Gerais, Goiás, I think they're going to have a pretty good crop. But I think La Nina is going to be something to watch for southern Brazil, Paraguay, Uruguay, and all of Argentina. It could spell problems for them, most definitely, as we see this continue to strengthen. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue here with the Fontenelle Final Bell. We're going to talk inflationary and if it's having an effect on what we see on the grains. And on the livestock side, you might be surprised who's hungry for U.S. beef. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Our Fontenelle Hybrids dealers can't say enough about the Fontenelle performance. Here's Don Blaschko of Blaschko Seeds between Ravana and Gibbon, Nebraska. We've always been happy with Fontenelle products. They um, stand well, yield well. Since they're locally tested in Nebraska, they match our season and our climate and the soils better than um, other hybrids. For more on proven products in your area, go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label direction.com. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fry. Darren is with Water Street Solutions. So as we left on the front half, I was talking a little bit about inflationary talk. And will we see it play out in this grain complex? So, Darren, we'll load up that question. Inflationary and ag, what are your thoughts? You know, I think we will eventually see it. We're starting to see it in other markets. You know, over the past six or eight months, 
You know, the Fed continue to talk about transitory inflation. Hey, this isn't really a, a problem. Yes, we're seeing it in energies, we're seeing it in some of the food sectors, but we don't consider those in our formulas. This is more of a logistical problem where supply is out of position from where it needs to be. We have some labor shortages, some trucking issues. And so we're not going to, you know, raise the interest rates. We're not going to taper. We're going to continue the monetary policy into, you know, the end of 21, beginning of 22. But what we're seeing around the world is several countries are starting to raise their interest rates, 25, 50, 75 basis points. And the reason for that is we're seeing things like natural gas, coal, fertilizer, urea, all, all the nitrogen classes, phosphate, potash, um, things like cotton, things like sugar, cocoa, coffee. We saw lumber about a year ago just go ballistic. And so while lumber went first, there's a lot of commodities starting to participate in higher markets. And is it even cash related or is it speculative in nature? You know, the cotton market's a good one that, you know, hey, demand might be a little bit better than supply right now in the short term, but longer term, I don't know if the rally in cotton is justified, but yet here it goes and it could go a lot higher. And so I think that is inflationary buying. And I think we will eventually see it maybe in some of the food products like corn, beans, and wheat at some point. But right now we haven't seen that. We've seen it in other markets but I think wheat would be the first one to respond to it if we we're going to see it. So having said that, could it have an effect on, on what we see and maybe some planting intention and, and thinkings as we head towards next year, knowing that these input costs might be a little bit higher? Well, that's an interesting uh, question. <laughs> um, you know, I, you know, I was asked that today. Are, are we just talking higher fertilizer prices are we talking maybe the possibility of not getting fertilizer to grow corn? And my answer to that was, hey, I definitely think we're talking higher fertilizer prices. They're going to remain high. I don't think we're going to get a big back off when we get to spring. I think they're going to stay elevated. But um, I do think there could be some shortages in places. I know in other places like Europe and, and maybe even why China is banning exports of some of these things like urea, phosphate, is because they don't want to be shorted. They want to have enough to grow their crops. So when you start hearing about things like this, you can expect there's going to be shortages somewhere. Whether that's going to be here or not in the U.S., I don't know. But but I said there could be a 20 30% probability there are some shortages here. But I think it's a 90% probability we have high prices. And that is what your question gets to, is what is the price of corn going to need to be because it's, it's, you know, dominant on fertilizer use compared to any other, you know, crop we grow. It's a grass. It needs lots of nitrogen, phosphate, potash. And as a result of that, are we going to have to see December of 22 corn go way up to keep acres? And I think based on what I'm seeing from farmers break evens, we're going to have to see a lot higher prices in December of 22 corn, six bucks or above to get the kind of acres we're going to need. All right. You were talking China here just a minute ago, and I wanted to jump to the livestock side. And, and China definitely is getting an appetite, their folks are, for, for beef, and specifically beef from the U.S. Yeah, you know, they banned the, the, the imports from Brazil because of a mad cow issue, and, and they became uh, the biggest buyer here in September. It was record for them. 
and they are getting an appetite for beef. And boy, there's a lot of people over there, you know, if they turn from pork, chicken, fish to a little bit of beef, that could really shift uh, the supply and demand side for our exports. So that's a good thing as beef continues to have a strong headwind for higher prices. The packers just don't have an incentive to bid it up. So I like that. I like that China's growing an appetite. Let's see what happens. Looking at the rest of this grain complex, it's nice to see some positives today. These these cattle and even the hogs have had some struggles as of late. Can we keep that momentum going the rest of this week? You know, we might be able to, especially ahead of the report. I think there could be some further squaring. Uh, I like the action. I'm looking for decent closes tomorrow. You know, hopefully that will be the case. All right. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Darren? Well, they can look me up. I'm on Twitter at Fry, F-R-Y-E underscore W-S-S. Or they can look me up on the web at WaterStreetConsulting.com. All right. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Darren Fry has been joining us with Water Street Solutions. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It's being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.